Is a certain breakout AFC South receiver going too high in football guys' drafts right now? Is another AFC receiver about to disappoint those drafters selecting him early in 2020? And who is the wideout you want to land on in Texans roulette? Plus, five-time FFPC main event and football guys league winner Andrew Geller drops in to talk about why he's high on O.J. Howard this season, the best value among Rams, running backs, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host, is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, which Lions running back represents the best draft value? Whether you should be grabbing Leonard Fournette over Melvin Gordon and five-time FFPC main event and football guys players championship league winner Andrew Geller hangs out to talk Brashad Perriman versus Denzel Mims, Bills running backs, and more. Dave, we have uh, in the studio tonight, the non-sponsored studio, by the way, we have a Quentin Tarantino movie playing. It is Kill Bill Volume 1. I'm curious. I don't think we've ever had this conversation. What is your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie of all time? Uh, probably Pulp Fiction. Is it Pulp Fiction? Do you have a number two, or is it a, a deep yawning chasm between one and two on that list? I like Reservoir Dogs as well. Oh, I forgot about that one, yeah. You like Pulp Fiction better than Reservoir Dogs, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I, I go back and forth. But I, I think those are probably my two favorite as well. Though I think uh, Kill Bill is uh, an underrated one. All right. Enough of that. Let's get to fantasy football. I want to shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. The show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Uh, Andrew is on Twitter at the underscore guilds with a Z. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. 347-426-3682 is the phone number if you want to give us a call. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions to us, now is the time to send them it is your last chance to send them in we'll try to get to all the chat room questions tweets and emails and the fantasy foot uh, excuse me fantasy feedback segment coming up later in the show and that is going to be brought to you by our good friend my our mutual friend and producer rob and uh, audio engineer and my best friend bryce they are working tirelessly tonight bringing you this show um also uh i want to uh let you know a couple of new announcements with the football guys players championship this week number one on thursdays and fridays going forward now this may change we may add monday through wednesday but start looking for some afternoon drafts available on thursdays and fridays with the football guys players championship remember a five hundred thousand dollar grand prize a 3.1 million dollar prize pool drafts filling up every single day including the afternoons i know we filled a two o'clock p.m one today dave did we have that five o'clock one go off today or did that one not fill it did fill yeah it did fill okay excellent so we had two uh, afternoon drafts fill up today we'll keep going with those going forward i think we have an extra uh, big slate on monday because of the holiday as well so check that out 
uh, myffpc.com. Don't forget, the Football Guys drafts are not the only ones we have going on there. Also, best balls, best ball slims, startup dynasty leagues going off, popping off as early as tomorrow morning as well. And, of course, get in on that FFPC main event early bird. The other thing I wanted to bring up with the Football Guys Players Championship, and Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, what I'm saying, but originally, if you needed to duck out of a draft or something came up, you had to email support at myffpc.com. That is no longer the case. This is not just with Football Guys drafts. This is with all FFPC drafts. If you go to your league homepage for a league you're already registered for, simply click on the Exit League button. It's towards the left-hand side in the middle of your screen. Click on that, and as long as the draft does not start within 15 minutes and there is not at least uh, 10 people signed up, you'll be able to bounce out of that. I think those are the only um, relegations on that function, right? Uh, Actually, it's... uh... There's four spots left or fewer or you can't. Four spots left or fewer and, you cannot. Yeah, yeah, or fewer, and it has to be within 15 minutes of the draft. If it's like 20 minutes and there's four spots left, you can leave. Dave, um, question from the chat right away. Two-packer wants to know, how are the slim best balls doing? This is something that we launched this year. Good. Uh, they, popular. I, I think the slim best balls, along with the regular best balls, have been filling quite a bit, right? Uh, yeah, they're both going off, going off really well. Slow draft slims are better than live, uh, just there's more player liquidity for that. Um, so, yeah, but they're both doing really well. Okay. So, fair enough. Sign up for those at myffpc.com. All right. On to the content, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Football Guys, Riddle World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Breaking news, Dave. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, probably three hours before we went on the air tonight, roughly, or at least this is when it was announced, the Seahawks have signed running back Carlos Hyde. Now, I don't think that Carlos Hyde is going to be taking touches away from Chris Carson if he's healthy at the start of the season. That's a big if. Oh, you don't think Chris Carson is going to be healthy? Or you think he, there's a good chance he might not be? Well, he and or, you know, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think there's a chance that he's not fully healthy. Penny's probably not going to be healthy. DJ Dallas is definitely not going to be ready for prime time. He's not going to have enough practice. I think Hyde throws a big, uh, a big monkey into that wrench, wrench into the monkey, whatever you want to call it. Big monkey into the wrench. I like that. <laughs> um, okay, so, Dave, currently Chris Carson is going off in football guys' leagues over the last seven days as running back 21 at the 403. You want to play a quick would you rather with some of the running backs going so after? Drop, well, I mean, that is now outdated, so he's going to drop at least a round, I would say. Okay, at maybe, least. Maybe two. Wow, that, okay. So let, let, well, Carlos let, Hyde, I mean, I mean, I don't like Carlos Hyde, but he has, he's a 1,000-yard capable running back. He's coming off a 1,000-yard season, quite, uh, in, uh, quite frankly. Okay, so um, Carlos Hyde, or excuse me, Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson or uh, Cam Akers? Um. Carson. Chris Carson or DeAndre Swift? Um, I think Carson. I'm going to lean Carson. Yeah. Chris Carson or Devin Singletary? Singletary. Yes, I agree. Chris Carson, James Conner. Conner. I agree. And I think that's where I am right now. Do you see that, assuming that the majority, let's just say, um, I'm going to throw this out to you. Let's say 10% of the Seattle touches this year are randoms and the other 90% are Hyde and Carson. Is that a 55-35 split somewhere around there? I don't know. I mean, roughly. Just, just, I how, mean, the fu- how, how the hell do I know? I'm asking your opinion. I mean, how, it's a 61 to 29 split. Okay, so that's, that was that's sort of where well, I was getting at. How the hell do I know? Who knows? Well, I guess what I'm getting at here when I ask you this is I want to find out if you think Hyde is simply a handcuff or if he's splitting this backfield with Carson. I think that they are bringing him in, and if Carson is really healthy and doing well, he's going to get the ball probably more than Hyde will. But Hyde is definitely a good, capable running back. Carson's probably not going to have a great season. There's a lot of risk with Carson. There was a lot of risk before. Now he's pretty much just semi-undraftable, borderline to wow. me. okay. I mean, what's your upside? I mean, that Hyde comes in. I mean, what do you think Hyde's going to come in and get it, like, you know, 40 carries and, like, 10 <laughs> catches? No. I, yeah, no, it's more than that. Especially the, the Seahawks. They're like the Eagles. I mean, that's the risk of taking, like, Miles Sanders early. He could be awesome, but the Eagles just traditionally don't have one awesome running back. That's just not how they usually run their game. That's just not the way they are. And the Seahawks, they're always giving it to different guys. Remember, they were running three guys. They were running, they've been running three running backs forever. It seems. Yeah, it was Penny and Carson. And who was the other one that they had? Um, the guy who went to uh, Chicago. Um, oh, Mike Davis? Yeah, Mike yeah, Davis. Yeah, Mike Davis, yeah. Yeah, people were picking up Mike Davis and starting him on, like, you know, five carries a game. And <laughs> he would actually get yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, no, that's true. All right, well, speaking of sp- uh, split backfields, 
Raheem Mostert, Dave, has, uh, has added some muscle, apparently, onto his body. Last season, he was about 205 pounds, but he added some muscle on, given that he thinks he's going to handle at least 200 carries in 2020. David Lombardi from The Athletic has this story. Uh, Raheem Mostert's main competition in that 49ers backfield will be Tevin Coleman. But remember, just like the Eagles, just like the Seahawks, Kyle Shanahan uh, has used multiple backs in the past, which obviously kind of puts a cap on the rest of the backfield are uh, the individual guys in that backfield in San Francisco. So obviously things could change. Injuries could change this, this backfield. Currently Raheem Mostert running back 27 at the 504 in football guys drafts. Too high, too low, just right. What do you think about Mostert this season? I haven't really owned Mostert at all in general or in the past. Uh, having said that, I kind of like what I'm kind of hearing. I know that they do split time, but I think with him you actually do have some upside because he's kind of a late emerging player. He's really, really well later in the season. Kevin Coleman's hurt all the time. He generally sucks. He's you know just a north-south runner, has no elusiveness really. So I feel like Coleman's kind of on the down and out. Mostert's on the up, you know, coming up and coming. And I, I feel like there's a chance there that he might exceed those expectations because he's doing so well. So instead of getting like nine or ten or eleven carries and some catches, maybe he'll end up with like thirteen to fifteen. And the team's gonna be playing with leads a lot of times, good defense. He's an explosive back, so he could get you know, he can get touchdowns from the three, four, five yard line or from the 50. So I like Mostert, actually. I think that's not bad. Oddly enough, even though we were just, I was just arguing uh, against drafting these timeshare backs, he's timeshare with upside. Right. And he doesn't have the injury history that Chris Carson does uh, either, which exactly. is another great point. It's interesting, too, because I'm looking at football guys' uh, ADP right now, Dave. You could technically start off your draft and go Michael Tom if you're drafting at that, you know, 104 spot, 105, you could go Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin. Uh, to start off your draft. You could then technically grab maybe Zach Ertz in the third round, start off with three straight pass catchers. And then before you grab um, uh, Mostert in the fifth round, you get a guy like Phelan or Cooper Cup uh, as a receiver. And then Mostert's your number one running back. But you've got a lot of pass catchers on this team too. So even if you were to wait until the early fifth round to take your, your first running back, there is some upside with Mostert. I am definitely with you 100% on this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, this is a polarizing guy, and, and forgive me if we've talked about him already, but I think this is worth bringing up. Jim Wyatt from Titans, I think it's titansonline.com, the Tennessee Titans website, uh, busted out some pretty interesting stats about A.J. Brown. He is uh, the first rookie, this was last year, since Randy Moss to have at least 50 catches, over 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns while averaging 17-plus yards per catch, plus four touchdown catches of 50-plus yards. The Titans. Uh, obviously get uh, to, to utilize A.J. Brown this year. Uh, he's the first guy since 1970 with 1,000-plus receiving yards and an average of 20-plus yards per catch. He led the NFL with 605 receiving yards over the last six games of the regular season. What a, now, what a random, stupid week. Hey, well, there's a lot of random, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, too, as well. Um, so the reason I bring this up, I was actually on Rotoballer on Sirius XM Radio this morning um, with the guys, and we are talking about... Uh, name drop. Yeah, Raphael Ribb. No big deal. Um, but we were uh, real talk rap. Excuse me. I don't think I'm supposed to use the phone name uh, on the air, but it doesn't matter. What's this home phone? I, that I don't have. Um, I do have his, if you ever wanted to go into a Zoom meeting with him, I have that login. That's okay. Um, so anyway, so A.J. Brown we were talking about, and A.J. Brown, Dave, is going to the wide receiver 14 at the 405 in football guys drafts. I told Raph, I was like, you know, I feel like if you're taking A.J. Brown there, you're kind of drafting him closer to his ceiling rather than what he will do this season. I still feel like the Titans offense, Ryan Tannehill led a semi-charmed life last year. I don't know if he hits all those benchmarks again this year. And to take A.J. Brown at a spot in the early fourth round of, of football guys drafts and when guys like Cooper Cup, guys like Adam Thielen, guys like Robert Woods are going out there, I don't know if I'm willing to pull the trigger that early on him. What say you about A.J. Brown in the early fourth round? And, you know, there, are, there is upside. I mean, 14th is it's tough. There's not a ton of upside from there, but there is some because he effectively had a season that's kind of close to some of the other guys he's going around right now as a rookie. And Tannehill was, I think he was like the number two, three, or four quarterback during the last six or seven games. He's in that neighborhood. He was fantastic. So, will it, you know, will they capture that magic again? That it remains to be seen. I don't know that I'd, I don't know that I would take him there, but I, I think I would take him over Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods, nothing wrong with him. And, you know, he lost Brandon Cooks, so he gets extra targets. 
but it's not like he's like insanely exciting. Where AJ, you know, AJ Brown could technically be a top seven or eight wide receiver this year. It's possible. More pedigree than Woods, certainly. Yeah, More I mean, exciting. When you have an awesome rookie season, generally speaking, that bodes really well for your sophomore campaign. We have uh, uh, an interesting. Um, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Let's let's get off the AJ Brown and wide receiver talk. Oh, wait, go ahead. Who's the Who's the player we're not going to be talking about until like August? Cause Odell been, Beckham. Okay, just making sure. I'm, yeah, I, no. Well, see, now sure. you tricked me into mentioning him. That doesn't. No, count. A mention is not, is not a conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'll, you know, that's I'm fine. just going to try to sneak one in in June. Dave Odell Beckham. Let's talk about him. Yeah, exactly. Take a drink every time you hear Odell Beckham. All right, let's talk about the Lions' backfield. Matt Patricia was actually on the Rich Eisen show this past Wednesday, and Rich Eisen asked him about DeAndre Swift versus Carryon Johnson. And I'm not going to read the full quote here, but Patricia was kind of – he kind of poo-pooed the whole, well, what difference does it make if a guy starts if he comes in on the first play or the second play? You know, it's, 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 it, there's no difference. Uh, Especially it, Patricia because he's going to rotate him every other play. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is the point. So he said um, with – with everything checked the box for boxes for us, a guy that we think is dynamic enough in the run game, explosive, big playmaker, but he can also catch the ball, get out of the backfield, open up the formation, put a lot of pressure on the defense to make plays we need. Now, DeAndre Swift currently in football guys drafts is an early fifth round pick to 502 as the RB 24. Now I should, before I talk to you about this, carry on Johnson, obviously going much later. He is going at the 812 running back 39. Dave, who represents the better value for you if you were in a draft like this? I think it's pretty clear it's Carry on Johnson, the incumbent uh, who's had injury issues, uh, but not you know not the shiny new rookie toy, but the person who knows the system and has had prior training camps and practices. And unlike DeAndre Swift, who probably won't this year. Do you? Uh, I know we've touched on this before. DeAndre Swift um, is not going to have the benefit of a quote-unquote normal offseason. Is that going to hurt him with the Kerryon Johnson thing more than normally would for a rookie? Yeah, I think so. I, I really That's do. a legit thing for you. Yeah, I, 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 I totally think so. Okay. Um, having, having said that, Patricia likes, you know, he, Matt, I don't care about your fantasy team, Patricia. That's what it is. <laughs> because he His really, he, name. You know, he'll throw Swift in there and he will get some, some action. But if Kerryon Johnson stays healthy, I, I think he'll at least get – 57% of the uh, touches. Both. Nice. I like that. Thanks. I appreciate it. People listen for the numbers, Dave. Oh, I'm sure they listen to this show for the numbers. Um, it's a fifth-round pick for Swift, eighth-round pick for Carrion Johnson. Is there any value in stacking them, or is it just Carrion Johnson all the way for you? One thing to keep in mind, you're using ADP from FFPC. Right. You're also getting rookie drafts mixed in there, I think. So that, that might no, be... No, this is strict football, guys. Oh, it is. ADP. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think, yeah. that's, I think what you're getting then is dynasty players drafting a football guys drafts. Because a lot of times the rookie bias comes through. But what was the question again? Is, is, uh, is there any value in stacking fifth, using a fifth-round pick on Swift, eighth-round on on Johnson? No, in fact, I think there's value in, in crossing the Lions' run, running game and backfield entirely off your draft board and right. not drafting whatsoever. Okay. You eliminate one team, and then two other suckers in your draft take one back each, or maybe one guy takes both of them. It's awesome. It's right. great. I used, to, I used to do that with the Patriots all the time. It made me so happy because I would never draft any Patriots running backs, never had to worry about it. But then James White started catching all those passes, and you know. But he wasn't that you weren't giving up a premium pick to draft him either. No, that's true. That's I true. mean, at, at a certain point, you were because everybody's like, "Oh my God, James White, he catches a million passes a game." I again on Road of All the Radio was talking about this, and I think I I should have attributed this to our former guest of the show, Cornfins, Jeff Terabasi. I think he's the one who coined this time, this drafting redraft season right now. People have rookieitis where all the rookies get bumped up after the dynasty rookie drafts, and then they'll, they'll, they'll start taking a little bit of a fall. Yeah, rookie derangement syndrome is another one that you hear. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. That's a good one. R.C. Fisher says that. Other, other people say rookie derangement syndrome. RDS, huh? Yeah. In I fact, like he has it. an article today on his website. He was saying that he should trade away all your rookie picks for, for, for value. Now is the time, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I, th- I can't remember. He brought up Josh Jacobs as an example of a player that you can get probably for the 101 or 102 or something like that. And the point is that Josh Jacobs is a proven high-quality NFL running back, whereas Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor aren't. They're, they're, they're rookies that have done nothing in the NFL. And so you have that. There's so many busts every, all the time. There's oh, so, so he's busts. proposing you trade get rid of Hilaire or Taylor for get rid of Yes, trade your 101 okay. or 102 for a guy like Josh Jacobs because you can, gen, you, know, you can often get him. And an example he brought up was uh, Leonard Fournette, who's actually had a fine NFL career, but if you offered uh, 
the Leonard Fournette owner, the 101 or the 102, that guy would snap it up in a second. Yeah, he would. That's Fournette, a good point. Because Fournette yeah. is not even worth close to that at all. Right. But he's actually had an all right career. You know, think about that. So, I don't know. Something yeah. to think about. Uh, we got Andrew Geller at the underscore guilds on Twitter coming up just in a minute here. The last thing I want to bring up before we get to Andrew is Chris Herndon. Last year, Dave, this was a, a sexy sleeper pick in FFPC tight end premium drafts. He only played one game. He only had one catch. He had a hamstring issue, and this is coming off the uh, season opening suspension and obviously wasn't on the field. But Adam Gase had a lot of good things to say about him. Um, he says he's excited to get this guy back. Can't wait to see how he'll fit in with everything. Now, in 2018, two years ago, 39 catches over 500 yards and four touchdowns. Now, tight end 21 at the 11-12, Dave. Are football guys, drafts, uh, football guys owners underrating him this year? Should he be going higher than a mid-round pick in the FPC? I think given the risk of, you know, he's got, I feel like he's a little bit of a head case. And then you still have Gase, too. He's a problem. Oh, Gase. Speaking of head case. Yeah, you have Gase as a head case, and you have Hernan's got a problem, you know, head case a little bit. I think that's pretty fairly valued, in my opinion. I think that's about right for him. He does have, he does have tons of upside, good athleticism. I loved him, actually. Um, so I, uh, I, still, I still think there's some – I think he might be all right. Didn't they sign uh, – was it Ryan Griffin to an extension? Oh, was it? I, I don't know. I thought they had some – and they're still looking at Hernan as the starter. I thought they had signed someone to a contract last year that um, Brian Griffin actually sounds familiar that uh, as, as far as a, a tight end that, that would have signed with the jets. Um, that's interesting that you, I'm going to look that up right now. Actually. Yeah, Ryan Griffin is the, I mean, okay. I guess he's technically the backup and, and, and that's fine, but um, so I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll see about Hernan, but I, I, I like him overall, but I think that's kind of fair value. Though. Okay. Um, Three guys, quick would you rather, three guys going after Herndon, almost immediately after Herndon in drafts. Uh, Herndon or Ian Thomas? Um, I'd probably look at Ian Thomas, I think. I would, too. Uh, Herndon or Irv Smith? I would take Herndon. I would, too. And then the final one, Herndon or Jay Sternberger? Herndon. Oh. Sternberger did, like, nothing. Give me Sternberger, baby. I mean, a guy who had, what do you have, like, 12 yards. Well, remember, he was on IR for the bulk of the season, and then he came back in his rookie year. Again, a rookie tight end, I wasn't expecting right. much. He catches a tight end in the, in the playoffs for what it's worth. He what? Uh, catches a touchdown, touchdown as a okay. tight end in the playoffs for what it's worth. He kind of came on late. I like, I like Sternberger. I'll tell everybody. I'll scream that to the heavens this year. Will you scream it for $5? Sure. How are we going to do this? Sternberger uh, more versus... More fancy points, 16-week season, and I'll take Herndon. Sternberger versus Herndon? Sure. All right, I got five on that. I got five on Herndon. I got five on it. Herndon versus Sternberger. You know, I, I'm going to make a prediction here. I think this is not the first Sternberger bet we make this <laughs> season because I like him a lot. All right, speaking of guys I like a lot, let's get into tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He started playing home leagues back in the early 2000s, mostly keeper leagues. He discovered the FFPC in 2014, built up a bankroll through the Football Guys Players Championship. Last year, he made the playoffs in nine out of 11 of his FFPC leagues, including seven football guys and two main events. Finished fifth overall in the national contest thanks to targeting Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, and Miles Sanders across all of his formats. This five-time main event in Football Guys Players Championship League champ joins us tonight. You follow him on Twitter at the underscore guilds with a Z. Now welcome him on to the HSFF Hour, Andrew Geller. Andrew, an early happy Memorial Day to you, man. How are you? Thank you, Balky, dude. Big fans. Yes, you are one of the longtime listeners of this show. I can unequivocally say that, and we certainly appreciate <laughs> all your support uh, over the years. And look, it only took how many years of you listening to us to have an incredibly successful 2019 season, right? I know, right? I've been listening to you guys. Jeez, when did you guys even? I feel like when I first started playing FPC, you guys, I've listened to you back then. So. Uh, I feel like I've been uh, along for the ride with you guys. So I'm finally happy to be on uh, on the air with you guys. Appreciate it. Oh, You're welcome. Very absolutely. Glad to have you. Yeah, this is great. This is this is guys like so you. Much better have you? Yeah, than these like one draft pikers who just come in one year. <laughs> oh, it's my first year. Oh, it's so great. Oh, <laughs> screw you. What do we have them on for, Ball? Yeah, I know that's a good point. I think I'm going to name one of my teams uh, this year one draft piker. No question. Uh, speaking of not that, uh, before we talk about fantasy football with you, Andrew, uh, what tell the listeners what you do for a living. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually a client manager for one of the uh, big mobile wireless carriers. Uh, I manage the relationship of one of our national retail uh, agents. So essentially my job is to increase our wireless sales within this retailer. 
Um, so it's pretty cool. You kind of kept up to speed on all, on all the new tech that's out there that's coming down the pipe. Uh, so it's got its perks. <laughs> do you end up Do you end up going to like the uh, the CES show every year? Just curiously in Vegas. Uh, we were going to go this year. Uh, then COVID but, was on the horizon, and uh, they kind of canceled that on us. So I was actually this yeah, was my you, first trip there, so I was disappointed. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. That's that's a crazy show. So that's that's interesting. That's got to be a fun job, actually. Yeah, I would imagine so. Always, sure. it's always challenging. You know, there's so many things. You know, so many things are new all the time. So many things. But I wonder if is the next iPhone going to have like six cameras or five? What are they? What are they, what do you think's coming up? What's next in the in the mobile uh, field that's going to be the new cool feature? Three D printing on your phone. <laughs> just three D print whatever. Well, you want. I mean, it's all about five G right now, and just what you know, all five G can do. I mean, there's so many different areas, whether it's medical or uh, entertainment, even industry. Uh, just there's so many different areas where 5G is coming into play now, and that's kind of the whole new revolution of, of where my company is going, and pretty much where everybody's going at this point. Interesting. That's uh, yep. That's something else. I wonder if the U.S. or China wins that battle. Do you, do you, do you know who's who's going to win the 5G battle, China or the United States? Oh boy, I won't answer that one. <laughs> we've, we've already lost, haven't we? Damn it! All right. All right. I didn't even know the war started, and we already lost. Yeah, it's in the Wall Street Journal every once in a while. Uh, I got it. I, okay. I usually skim that article, so I'll just move on. Yeah. Anyway, so that's we didn't want, we didn't want everyone else to have to hear about the five G battle that China already won. So let's talk about uh, the Bengals. There's a lot of buzz on the Bengals this offseason. They added T Higgins. They have AJ Green back supposedly. Joe Burrow's in town. Uh, what do you think about Tyler Boyd? Is he someone that he's going the sixth round? Do you think that's a little too early for Tyler Boyd? Or do you think he's actually kind of a sneaky value there? No, I actually I like Boyd a lot in the sixth. I've actually seen him uh, go into the seventh, even eighth in a couple drafts, which is pretty shocking to me. But uh, he was wide receiver seventeen last year. I, AJ Green. I mean, what do we you know? What do we really gain from him this year? Even if he comes back healthy, how long is he going to stay healthy? I think he's got what one full season in the last four that he completed. So I just see Boyd as a security blanket for Burrow. Um, John Ross is kind of is what he is. You know, he hasn't really made an impact yet. T. Higgins, rookie wide receiver. I mean, I'm trying to stay away from rookie wide receivers at this point, especially with, you know, everything that's going on. I don't see uh, many of them getting off to fast start. So I just look at Boyd. You know, he's going to be that, you know, middle of the field target for Burrow. They don't have much at tight end. C.J. Uzoma, I mean, what is he? I mean, there's really not much there. Uh, I don't know. I, I see a safe 80 catches, 1,000 yards, six to eight scores, you know, signing up for that and sixth and seventh. I mean, I'm taking them all day there. I, I love Tyler Boyd this year. And, and for reasons that Dave has pointed out on this show before, you know, with Tyler Boyd was actually more successful in his career when A.J. Green was healthy. A.J. Green was not healthy last year, and Boyd was still great, you know, as a, you know, a top 15, top 20 receiver. And you look at Joe Burrow, well, who did he throw to at LSU last year? It was Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. yep. like, all the time, you know, and, and that's what Boyd does for Cincinnati. So I'm with you on the security blank, uh, blanket uh, aspect, Andrew. I, I think he targets him a lot. I certainly don't see uh, Boyd falling off this year. You know, T. Higgins is going to take a year to marinate uh, as well. So I really like Boyd, Dave, and I think you do too this year too in the sixth round of football guys drafts. You know who doesn't like? You know who loves Tyler Boyd? Winners. And the reason, and I'll tell you why. Because Tyler Boyd last week, last year in week sixteen, nine catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns for 33 points in fa- in the in cha- the championship. championship yeah, he was on a bunch of my teams that won titles. I'm like, hey, thank you, Tyler Boyd. I was watching the game and he scored. Oh, it was so great. Yeah. Uh, so you know who doesn't like them? Losers. Losers don't like them because they got rocked by Tyler Boyd in the championship round. Yeah. So all the winners like them. I get it. We're all winners here. So we like Tyler Boyd. And that was with Andy Dalton throwing to him, too. And you'd like to think that Burrow is going to be an improvement, even in year one, potentially. It is too. possible so, with that completion percentage. Tyler Boyd, good dynasty buy for you, Dave. You probably own him in all your dynasty leagues. You can't acquire him anymore anywhere. Right? I do have him in a lot of leagues, actually. There you go. You can't do it. Um, let's move on and to Portland he, Sutton he here. Just, He's just 25 years old, too. It feels like he's been in the league longer. I mean, he's getting better every year. So, I I don't think he's a sexy name. So, people are like, ah, oh, Tyler Boyd, uh, I don't want those 80 catches in 1,000 yards. I'll, you know, I'll go for this fancy uh, rookie that's going to catch 45, you know. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a safe guy. Well, and, 
and, and it's perfect because he's buried between a, a, a pair of early round picks, you know, all pro AJ Green, and then a dude who was one pick away from being a first round pick this year in T Higgins too. So he is the perfect laying in the weeds uh, wide receiver target. Good analysis there, Andrew. Let's move on to Cortland Sutton. He was huge last year as well. However, John Elway drafted KJ Hamler. He drafted Albert O. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. And then of course he drafted um, who's the other receiver that, that I'm missing on uh, Jerry Judy uh, this year in the first round. Drew Locke is going to have a lot more weapons than just Sutton. Does Sutton take a step back now, even with all these rookies coming aboard and, and maybe not having the greatest, uh, most extensive off seasons? Is Sutton due for a step back? Nah, I think quite the opposite, actually. So, we got to look at so Drew Locke came on board. I think he was the last five games last year, and they seemed to have a nice chemistry together. Uh, he actually averaged eight targets per game with Locke. Uh, and we have to remember who was throwing Sutton the ball prior to Locke. It was Flacco who was horrendous. And then uh, <laughs> prior to that, it was actually Brandon Allen had three games last season. And then prior to that was uh, Case Keenum. So, I mean, he had nobody throwing him the ball. So, I look, Drew Locke looks like a player to me. So, I feel like, you know, Sutton's a big-time playmaker. He's a, you know, 6'4", 215. He's a wide receiver one size. So, I see the touchdowns going up. I think he scored, what, six touchdowns last year. I do see the volume maybe taking a hit just because of, of all the receiving options. they got Gordon now in the backfield. Uh, just a lot of options there. So I could see the volume around 70, 70 catches, but still 1,100 yards-ish. See the uptick in touchdowns, maybe get him to that 8 to 10 range, uh, maybe even higher. I really like Sutton to take a step forward, not a step back this year. Yeah, volume may be down, but Dave, efficiency could be up with Cortland Sutton at Denver. Yeah, it definitely could be, actually. You know, it's funny. I, I feel like we can walk through the mind of John Elway a little bit in the last four or five seasons. He's blown, the, he's blown it at quarterback for, like, ever, right? I mean, yep. how many times has he tried to get a quarterback? Well, in the draft he has. In the draft and, you know, Flacco free agency and whatnot. Well, Peyton Manning was all right. Very true. Yeah. So, but he hasn't found a replacement <laughs> for Manning, and he's been trying for a long time. So then he drafts Locke, and now, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I, don't know if, I don't know if he's good enough. So then he, this past year, he's like, all right, I'm getting Melvin <laughs> Gordon. I'm getting Hamler. I'm getting Jerry Judy. I got Fant the year before. I mean, he's invested all this, all these weapons. He's like, I'm done with quarterbacks. I'm just going to get him a bunch of weapons. Hopefully we can coach him up. So I just wonder. I, I just wonder about L.A. It has nothing to do with Sutton's analysis there. But, like, uh, I can't draft quarterbacks to save my life. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put every single possible weapon around him. So there's yeah. no way this guy can. Is Antonio Brown free? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's get uh, Rod Smith and Eddie McCaffrey back out there and see what they can do for Denver. No question. Hey, speaking of awesome receivers, uh, the Cowboys have a really good trio this year. Uh, they drafted C.D. Lamb. They've got Gallup. They've got Amari Cooper. Are you willing to take a chance? You know, Blake Jarwin. You know, he was going. A little higher, but I think once C.D. Lamb got drafted and everyone saw the weapons, Jarvin's fallen off a little bit. Are you still willing to take a look at uh, Blake Jarvin in the middle rounds of football guys' drafts? Yeah, I am. I actually think he's one of the uh, best-kept secrets right now going in these drafts. I mean, I'm seeing him go 11th, 12th round. I got him in one of my drafts. It's, uh, I know there's a lot of targets to contend with there, but Witten is gone. Uh, they extended um, Jarwin uh, back in March for another three years. I think the deal is close to 24, 25 million. So this is the guy now. So um, I know there's a lot of weapons, but uh, Jason Winton, you know, he did have 83 targets, which when I saw that, I kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't realize he was targeting that often. So um, I do think there'll be enough targets to go around. In best ball, he's probably a, a better option than, than he is season long. But um, would it shock me if Charlie is in that tight end 8 to 10 range come year then? No. And currently he's going like tight end 17, 18 off the board. So I'm all in on Jarwin. If I see him in the 10th, 11th, I mean, it's auto pick for me right there. Fantasymojo.com is where we get all the football guys and FFPC ADP that we always cite on the show. Blake Jarwin, tight end 19 currently, uh, the 10 and 12. Yeah. So he is, he's being drafted as a backup right now. Certainly some upside there, Dave. You know what? There is some upside too, to, uh, you know, this COVID-19 crisis, I haven't had, it looks like you haven't had a haircut in a long time. No. I haven't had one. And thank God, I don't think Jason Witten has had one either. So I bet his hair really? actually looks all right right now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping his hairstylist is like on break or something for yeah, the next eight weeks. It's entirely possible. I have no idea. Yeah, I think Jarwin's not bad, though. 
I yeah, really, yeah. I, you know, I, I just I see a lot of smart people drafting them in a lot of the the drafts I facilitate, and um, the, you're not you're not over drafting them in the tenth round. I mean, that's that's not an overdraft. Herndon territory, ball. That is Herndon territory, actually. That's a good point. Herndon alert. Um, he's going ahead of Herndon. Who would you rather have, Jarwin or Herndon? Well, since we're talking uh, Jarwin, you're going to Jar- say Jarwin. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, perfect. We're also <laughs> talking Andrew Geller at the underscore Guilds on Twitter, a five time. FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship League winner. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the Buccaneers here, Andrew. A lot of people have been excited ever since Brady got uh, added to the Buccaneers. They've been drafting Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. Very excited to add those Buccaneers on their teams. Would you include O.J. Howard on that list of Buccaneers pass catchers that you should be targeting in drafts? Yeah, I would. I'm actually uh, one of those suckers, I guess you could say. So I've had eight. <laughs> FPC, FPG draft so far, football guys, I've taken them in seven of them. So, um, wow. I'm pretty much all in. Yeah, just the prices. I mean, I'm seeing them go around 15, 16. I saw them 18 the other day. It, it's just crazy to me. I mean, people see Gronk is back and the Brady Gronk connection, and OJ Howard just killed his owners last year, including myself. So, I think a lot of it's recency bias. And, and we forget this guy is, I mean, athletic freak. Uh, 6'4", 250, around a four five forty. I mean, we've seen glimpses in the past. 2018, I think he averaged 18, 19 points for a good stretch there. I mean, the upside is there. You don't have to squint much to see it. It's just, you know, sometimes it takes these guys longer at tight ends. It could take two, three years to, to really establish themselves in the league. And I don't know. I don't see Gronk last in 16 weeks. I don't know if you guys see that. And, and Brady does love throwing to his tight end. If, you, if I see uh, sorry, O.J. Howard in round 15, 16, again, that's an auto-click for me. So, And worst comes to worst, you drop the guy. If he's the same O.J. Howard we saw the last two years, easy drop. <laughs> O.J. Howard going in the late 14th round right now. It, it's, it's interesting because there's two other tight ends going right around Howard. It's Greg Olson and it's Dawson Knox, and I would contend that Howard probably has the highest upside of those three guys. Maybe you could make a case for Dawson Knox, too. I'm not interested in Greg Olson at, at that price when both Howard and Knox are available. Dave, we haven't talked about uh, Dawson Knox a whole lot on the show. You still buying into him in, in 2020? Yeah, I liked him last year as a dynasty target. I like him, uh, I like him this year as well. Um, let's talk about a uh, situation in Pittsburgh that is going to be um, something that fantasy owners will have to figure out. We know the number one is Juju Smith-Schuster, Dave. After that, a bit of a question mark. Yeah, so uh, the question I have here for you is this is for both – I'm going to ask Redraft and Dynasty, actually. Uh, you know, you have kind of three guys competing for the number two spot, one could argue. Deontay, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, or Chase Claypool, the rookie that they uh, – they seem pretty excited about, actually, and he's a really big guy, athletic, uh, you know, a pretty hyped-up player already. Uh, who do you favor for 2020, and then who do you favor long-term, actually, to emerge as the number two there? Yeah, 2020, you got to go Deontay Johnson there, I think. Um, you know, uh, he had a nice year. A lot of it last year was with uh, Doc Hodges. Uh, you know, mostly all of the production was. So, um, just Clay, Claypool, the big guy, fast. I think dynasty-wise, give me him uh, for sure over Deontay Johnson. But just for uh, next year, I'll, I'll go Johnson pretty easily there. And that, and that is where he's going, too. Eighth round for uh, Johnson. And the other two guys, Claypool and Washington, going way behind him in the 19th round. You know, it's interesting, too. I saw a report today. Mike Tomlin, uh, head coach of Pittsburgh, says he's very concerned with integrating these rookies, not just for the Steelers, but he thinks it, it's going to be a league-wide type thing. He thinks it's going to be – He's been listening to the show. Oh, but I, I'm nice. sure, yeah, Mike Tomlin, longtime yeah. listener of the HSFF hour, no oh, question. No, but anyway, I interrupted you like always. No, but that's, that's, the, that, that's basically the point is, is that, you know, he is concerned league-wide. Well, why would he say that unless he's feeling this seriously about his team? And that goes with Claypool, that goes with McFarland, and everybody that Pittsburgh drafted this year, too. So he's as smart as a common fan like we are. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. but Actually, I'm sure he's much smarter. I'd like I mean, to I think respect, he's much smarter. I respect Mike Tomlin. I, I dog on a lot of coaches. I, I respect him quite a bit. Okay, well, I respect Sean McVay quite a bit. Um, you do? I yeah. actually don't. Okay, well, that's fine. But I, he took his Rams to the Super Bowl. Seems like a bright offensive mind. He's got three tools to work with, uh, not pun not intended, in the backfield this year for St. Louis. Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson. Andrew, who represents the best value uh, in drafts right now among Rams running backs between those three guys? 
Oh, man, that's a tough one. I know a couple weeks ago on the show I heard you say that uh, Brown was, to you, the, the best value. And uh, I could see that. I mean, if you get anything like even one or two weeks' worth of, of starts from Malcolm Brown, that alone's worth it at the end of the draft. I mean, I think, honestly, you can make a case for, for all of them. If, if Akers takes that job and runs with it in the fifth round, I mean, you could be getting a league-winning a league uh, running back right there. Um, I'm still a sucker for Daryl Henderson. I still don't understand what happened last year. Uh, he got 39 rush attempts and six targets in the past game. I mean, was it a pass pro issue? I, I, I don't know. He, he didn't get any kind of fair shake, I thought. Um, every time you saw him in the preseason, he looked electric to me. and He's a game-breaking uh, uh, type of back. So, to be honest, I, I see it messy early. Um, I could see one of Daryl or, or Cam, most likely Cam, taking the reins later in the year. Um, I'm trying to stay away from that backfield if I can, but if I had to take one, I'm, I'm probably taking Henderson, uh, only because he's going ninth, 10th, and I'm around even, so. I mean, at that point, I'm willing to swing and miss uh, on a potential uh, stud back. So where are they going again, Valky? Cam's going fifth round. Okay. Daryl Henderson tenth. Malcolm Brown sixteenth. Yeah, to me, in my opinion, I think taking Henderson and then looking for Brown if he does. If no one, you know, if someone takes Malcolm Brown on the fourteenth after you've taken Henderson, it's okay. But if you can get him right around kind of that ADP, I think that's really nice. All you're really, all you're kind of betting on to get this to land this backfield is that Acres does not emerge. Um, as the number one, which is distinctly possible given our little thesis that rookies aren't going to end up doing all that well. Um, it breaks my heart to say this as a Florida State fan. I can't envision myself taking Cam Akers <clears throat> excuse me, in the fifth round of any draft this year. It's just not going to happen. I'd be much more likely to take Daryl Henderson in the 10th. I'd be much more likely to take Malcolm Brown in the 16th. Uh, and, and I think sometimes um, as, as much as we want to take the, the exciting guy, the guy with the upside, the mystery box, I think you'd be better served using that fifth-round pick on somebody other than Cam Akers, you know, somebody with a, a little bit more of a, an established role. You know, um, Raheem Mostert, a guy we talked about earlier, Dave, is going right at that spot with Cam Akers as far as running backs go. Um, tight end premium leagues, Darren Waller is going right there. You know, some of those receivers that we talked about, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen, uh, DK Metcalf is another guy going right around there too. I, I just, I, I, that's not a risk I'm willing to take at that point in the draft. I'll take Daryl Henderson later. I'll take Malcolm Brown later. Um, keeping it on the running back tip here, uh, Andrew, uh, Dave has a question about uh, Cardinals running backs as far as who you think the proper handcuff should be, I think, for Kenyon Drake. Yeah, would you rather have, you know, Benjamin, a, what is he, a seventh-round rookie, I don't think he was seventh round. Yeah. I think he was like fifth round. In that in that neighborhood. Yeah, he, he, was seventh, he was seventh. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. really? Yeah, seventh, seventh round. All right, I think who, we got our answer. Who may not make the roster? Yeah, Chase yeah. Edmonds, the current yeah. backup. <laughs> well, it's funny. Much like OJ Howard, I'm taking Eno like in every draft. Uh, I think against seven out of my eight drafts so far, I've taken him. Um, yeah, so he fell to the seventh round, but all these draft pundits and analysts prior to, I mean, he was a third, fourth round rated running back so the fact that he fell that far i think that's in a lot of these drafters minds and um they say ah this guy's seventh round i'm not you know he's not going to do anything but this guy is a third fourth round talent i think one comp i saw which you know from seeing you know a decent amount of him play with devin singletary you know he's a tough little guy he catches everything great hands he's a three down back too he's not just one of these little scat backs so i think there's going to be a point in this season and people are going to be either bidding a lot of money on Eno Benjamin or he's going to be in their starting lineups for people that drafted and held on to this guy. Uh, mark my words, Eno is going to win some people some weeks down the road. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I right like th- that. This, this, is, this is great. <laughs> this is good stuff. I, lo- I love when people plant their flags right on this show. That's, that's fantastic uh, on Eno Benjamin, too. Well, and, you know, I mean, we'll, I, we'll I see what's... Like- with- yeah, sorry. I mean, I do like Drake, but he's got 170 carries max throughout his career. I mean, I think they're going to use Eno regardless. So, and if anything happens to Drake, I mean, this guy could be an instant flex option in lineups for sure. And that Arizona offense looks to take a big step forward this year too. So certainly Benjamin, a guy who's basically going free in football guys drafts right now, makes for a nice little late round flyer. Andrew, let's get to a couple of emails here. We're talking with 
five-time FIPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship League winner uh, Andrew Geller here tonight. A couple of emails that came in for you. Rich in Orlando is first up. Since Mims is probably a year away because of the weird offseason, how many times have you rolled the dice on Brashad Perriman in your draft so far this year? Rich in Orlando, we appreciate your email. And Andrew, we'd appreciate an answer here. Brashad Perriman, is he on any of your teams or are you staying away? No, I mean, I'm not targeting him, but, you know, I've definitely taken a couple of shares, and he's going pretty late in FPG drafts, like 14th, 15th round. I'm sure you could correct me on that, but um, he's going to be playing every down there. He's, I mean, if he's anything close to what he showed in the last year, I mean, it would be a bargain in, in the 15th, 16th round. So, um, yeah, no, I, I don't mind him that late in a draft. It's not something I'm targeting, but for sure, yeah, if he's there and I need some uh, little depth on the, on the wide receiver front, I'm you know, I'll click that button. Could be the number one receiver, right? Well, he should be the number one receiver right away. Could retain that number one receiver role all season for the Jets. He's wide receiver 59 going in the 14th round of football guys drafts over the last week, man. You don't find too many wide receiver ones, not wide receiver ones, but number one wide receivers that late in the draft. He definitely makes for an interesting depth add there. Let's go to Vance in Saginaw, Michigan here, Andrew. He writes, what's up, Guilds? How do you see the backfield situation unfolding between Singletary and Moss in Buffalo? Good luck in 2020. That is Vance in Saginaw, Michigan. I think Dave and I have talked about uh, Singletary and Moss. About how do you land on this? Is it a 50-50 split, the Singletary controller? What, how do you see this uh, shaping up here? Yeah, I'm actually surprised. I'm pretty high on Singletary. I'm actually surprised. I've seen a lot of people down on him. I mean... He's a good player. Uh, he can catch the ball. He, he's solid between the tackles. I mean, will Moss play? Sure. Uh, but I do think this is more like a 60-40, 65-35 kind of split. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to like about Singletary, and I actually think he takes a step forward. And if he's my RB2, I'm pretty happy with that. So uh, I do like Moss as well, but uh, definitely I'm a fan of Singletary. I got Singletary as my RB2 in a couple of leagues already, so I'm feeling better about that now. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, I got a smart guy telling me this is a good thing. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> All right, Andrew, uh, this is our, one of our final questions here. Maybe this is the last question. Uh, who's a player you're avoiding in drafts that you did avoid in drafts so far this spring, as well as a player you're targeting in the mid to later rounds? You're familiar with this question because we ask it to pretty much everybody. Literally everyone, Except yeah. for uh, the other yeah. one is what do you do with half a million dollars that you want <laughs> We'll ask you that in a few months. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, so I'm avoiding a couple of guys. For one, Mark Andrews, I'm not going near. I see him going in second round, and, yeah, I want no part of that. I know Hayden Hurst is gone, but Lamar Jackson threw, what, 36 touchdowns last year? I mean, that number's coming down. They drafted Dobbins. They got uh, Duvernay in the slot, who's like a stud slot guy, so – I see the touchdowns coming down for Andrews. Uh, even the volume is kind of hit or miss there. I don't know if he's going to catch as many balls. I just don't see that much of a gap between him and the guys going in sixth, seventh, eighth round even. So Mark Andrews is a guy I am staying away from in the second and third round. We talked uh, about, uh, you know, like Perriman. I know you had grabbed in a couple of drafts. Is there any other mid-round, late-round guys that you've been targeting? Well, one mid-round guy, it's I should probably hire a mid-round. Tyler Higby, uh, I'm, I'm going after wherever. If it's season to sixth or even seventh, which I, I haven't seen much of, but I'm going after him wherever I can. It's funny. I saw one of the SPC uh, 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 well-known players made a, a post today about him and uh, Eric Ebron with the similarities, how people jumped on Ebron after that you know, huge 2018 I don't really see them being that similar. I mean, Higby was a force to be reckoned with at the end of the last year. He was getting targeted like crazy. I, I want to say 10, 11 targets per game. Um, Cooks is gone. I just don't see how they, they go away from Higby. I mean, he was a mainstay in their, in their uh, game plans last year. And this was with uh, Woods healthy, Cup healthy, and Cooks on the field. So they still were targeting Higby. Uh, early and often, and in the sixth and seventh round, I think it's an absolute steal in FPG drafts right now. You get Everett back, but you do lose Todd Gurley. So, I mean, there is that. I mean, Gurley was a, you know, yeah. was a star yeah. player. So, that you lose a star player like that, you can replace him with 
three journeymen combined that couldn't carry Gurley's job all together at running back. And and as Andrew pointed out, too, uh, no cooks this year. Granted, he didn't have the biggest impact, but there was still a lot of targets. Yeah, so, I mean, the argument that Everett's coming back is an argument, but, I mean, there are a lot of things that have left or players that have left as well. Yeah, that's true. And one of the players that will be leaving this show, at least temporarily, until we have him on after he wins the 500K. Me? No, not you. You're not a player of football guys (laughs) in FFPC. Uh, One person who is is Andrew Geller. You follow him on Twitter at the underscore guilds with a Z. Andrew, thank you so much, not only for coming on the show tonight, but for all of your listenership over the past almost decade, which is crazy that we've been doing the show this long. Uh, we really appreciate that. Good luck in all your leagues this year, man. We, uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, we'll talk again soon, dude. Yeah, no, I'll be on, you know, once I plan on winning both the, uh, the main event and the uh, football guys. So that should be there a fun show later on guys. I'll tell you, that's exactly the point. You are (laughs) our guest every Friday in January when that happens, my friend. So get comfortable. You'll, you'll be, uh, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll have a, uh, your own microphone on this show. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Appreciate it guys. Thank you. Andrew Geller, ladies and gentlemen, five time FFPC main event and football guys league champion. Follow him on Twitter at the underscore guilds. Uh, good stuff from Andrew tonight. And Dave, I, I, I'm just looking as, um, you know, hanging up and or not hanging up, but as, as we're moving on to the next portion of the show, I feel like we should have kept Andrew on just for a little bit longer. Cause our first email here that we have tonight is Jared in San Angelo, Texas. And he writes, what tight end would you rather have this year between Tyler Higby and Hunter Henry? Hope you read this on the air. Um, it's clear that, that uh, Andrew's very high on Higby, but if you had the decision between Higby and uh, chargers tight end Hunter Henry, which one are you going with? You still like Higby better? I never liked Higby better. I like Henry better. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Um, Henry, you know, he's a more pedigree player. Uh, he's had some injury issues. But I, I feel Henry has a chance to be a top two or three tight end. I don't quite think Higby has that shot. You know, you think about the Chargers offense this year. It's going to be different. No Phillip Rivers. Um, there'll be more swearing on the offense, more expletives in the huddle, no doubt, with Tyrod Taylor. Um, not that Tyrod Taylor That's is a sure. sailor, but just Philip yeah. Rivers was an anti-sailor. Yeah, if he says the uh, S-H blank word, you, you know, <laughs> even that might be way too many. You, you, uh, we talked about it on the show. Rivers is going to be this high school coach in Alabama once he retires. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine him firing up his his uh, high school players? Get your gosh darn <laughs> fannies out I mean, there. golly, guys, we got to get it together here. <laughs> um, anyway, Hunter Henry uh, is going in the late sixth days. 6'11 in football guys drafts. That's nice, tight end eight. Nice deal. That is a nice deal. Um, how do you see uh, – I mean, you said – I think it – don't let me put words in your mouth. I thought you said you were down on Keenan Allen this year. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I mean, he doesn't generally catch touchdowns much. And no. And you have Tyrod Taylor who doesn't – it's not going to throw for a ton of yards. Uh, and then he, Taylor could lose his job potentially, but then that wouldn't necessarily prove to be a good thing. So why doesn't that mean why doesn't that mean Henry? Well, Tyrod Taylor, also, even though he's an experienced quarterback, he seems just seems to me like the type that would target tight ends instead of throwing. I don't know instead of throwing it to Keenan Allen. I don't know why. I just I just feel like he's just gonna, <laughs> I get that he's going to throw like the ten yard curls. Even though Keenan Allen has kind of a similar game in a way. He yeah. He's not a bomber. He doesn't you know you don't need to throw the long balls to him. I don't know. I just I, I feel like Henry, for me, not that I mean Allen's going to outproduce him. I, I think he's going to get more targets overall. But I think. Given where they're both drafted, I think I would go Henry there. I feel like – so the last time Tyrod Taylor was playing um, under Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn was a, an assistant – or was he a head coach? I can't remember. He might have been an assistant coach in Buffalo when Tyrod Taylor was there. And I feel like um, – I, I, it's just like Buffalo every year. I don't really remember the receivers there, but I remember the tight ends. And I remember Tyrod Taylor, when he wasn't running it, he was throwing it to the tight end in the flat or, or in the seam. So I think that's where we get that from because I kind of share – um, that thought with you that Tyrod Taylor seems to target the tight ends. I'd have to look it up to back, back this up. I just, that was the feeling I got. And the other thing to keep in mind too is Tyrod Taylor loves to run the ball. And when Anthony Lynn had Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, the team ran the ball a lot. And what did the Chargers do? Granted, they let Melvin Gordon go, still Justin Jackson. They gave Austin Eckler a ton of money, and then they drafted Josh Kelly. So we could see just a, kind of a shift. And I... Let me ask you, this is not necessarily a fantasy question. I've heard this in the offseason a lot. Oh, Denver's trying to match what Kansas City's doing, grabbing all this speed and all these offensive weapons for Drew Locke because they want to keep pace with the Chiefs. 
if I was a GM, shouldn't I be trying to stop the Chiefs with defenders rather than load up with offensive players? Or is that just weird? Because I always thought that was kind of a weird argument to make. Shouldn't you be doing that? Shouldn't you be trying to stop the guys that they have rather than trying to replicate these, these unicorns that they already have, like Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes? Oh, that's a great point. Uh, you know, I don't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You can't, I guess, what are you just going to outscore them and do the yeah. exact same thing that they're doing? It, it makes no sense to me. Try to, try to stop them at what they're doing. Don't try to replicate it. And why not do something differently? Like the Ravens, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were now the out, an outstanding regular season team that just you know happened to lose in the playoffs, which happens. I mean, it's a one game playoff. Raiders did the same thing too, by the way, loading up with all these receivers too. Same division, yeah, as well, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds exactly like the Raiders type thing to do. You know who did it? The Chargers, focusing on the run game and the defense. That's smart. I like. They're that, doing actually. something different, Dave. I, just I, like you said. I like that. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's go to Drew in Plant City, Florida. Um, I feel like we may have answered this question on the show. I could be wrong. With no nuke in Houston, which Texans receiver are you investing in this season? None of the above is an acceptable answer, by the way. That is Drew in Plant City, Florida. Dave, I think for me it's none of the above. I'm not really excited about any Texans receiver. Much to Tupac's chagrin, who is hoping that I'd say Will Fuller so he could send me another terrible Will Fuller dynasty trade offer. I don't like Fuller. I don't like Kuti. Um, the one guy I think that's Gucci's still in the NFL, <laughs> barely, he's yeah. still rostered. He's still, yeah. Uh, Randall Cobb's going in the 18th round. I guess that's who I would target there. And actually I have drafted Cobb in a couple of leagues this year, super late, just as a, a bi-week filling guy where I hope I can get nine or 10 points. What about Brandon Cooks? Oh, and Cooks. That's another one. Where's he going? He's going to be hopefully 806 going. wide receiver 36. You know, for as many teams as Cooks, Cooks, hops around like a stone on the lake when you're skipping it around because there's so many teams. He's a good deal in the eighth round with, you know, you have Deshaun Watson, a quarterback who gets drafted top five. Right. Uh, That's not bad for cooks. I mean, you have to kind of, the fact that you kind of have to hold your nose and you make your pick actually should make you want to make your, make that pick. I think, you know, like the fact that you kind of are like, I don't know if I want to do this, but that's the, I think that's the good thing. Okay. And Cooks was going in the fourth round last year. Yeah, that's true. He you know, was. And, and uh, remember, and that was our, it's always our argument. Well, one of these receivers shouldn't be going here. We did say it last year. You know, Robert Woods, Cup, and Cooks, one of these three. Two of them be. paid off. One of them didn't. Exactly. And now he's not. Cooks, yeah, Cooks was the one. <laughs> he's gone. So, I mean, is it going to be Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, QT, or is it going to be Cooks? I mean, yeah. the talent tells me it's Cooks. All right, so I want to read something here to you. I'm going to list you the receivers that are going in the eighth and ninth round in football guys drafts right now. Tell me which one. There's one receiver in here I would take over Cooks. Okay, let's see if we agree. Michael Gallup, Julian Edelman, Deontay Johnson, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Marvin Jones, Darius Slayton, Christian Kirk. And you read those quickly. Sorry, I can read them again. Michael Gallup, Julian Edelman, Deontay Johnson, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Marvin Jones, Darius Slayton, and Christian Kirk. I like one of those guys better than Cooks. I like two. I would take Gallup and Edelman. Uh, Edelman was the one I liked better. Talk about Gallup a little bit. Um, so, so you're not sold on C.D. Lamb being a, 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 um, a big-time contributor for Dallas right away in 2020 at least. That is correct. Okay. I guess for me, well – you know, the thing is with Gallup, when you're taking him in the eighth round, I guess that Lamb thing is kind of baked in. He was, was awesome. He, he was a 1,000-yard receiver last year. Yeah, was he a second- or third-year player last year? I think second. last year was a second year. So yeah. he broke out second-year player, and he still has more upside heading into his third year. He's had a, you know, he's, I'm sure he's working out hard in the offseason. Mari Cooper just appears at times, so I like Gallup. You're right. I totally agree. I like Gallup better than Cooks as well, so you and I are of the same mind there. All right, moving on. Jim in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Hey, Tony and Levine, what kind of season are you guys expecting from Hayden Hurst, the Falcon? Happy early Memorial Day weekend. That is Jim in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Hayden Hurst, Dave, before you give me your thoughts on him, I will tell you in football guys' drafts, 7-12, tight end 11. He is being drafted as a starting tight end there. You on board with that? I am on board with that, yeah. Going right around, it's actually a, a trio of receivers, or, excuse me, tight ends going at the end of the seventh. Rob Gronkowski, Mike Kosicki, and Hayden Hurst. Would you rather have Hayden Hurst than those other two guys? I would, yeah. No, and not, you don't have to worry about the injuries. He's younger. He's, he's 25, 26. He's a little old for a young right. tight end. He's a redhead, which you brought up today, which it's you like. Great, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the, the Atlanta offense, it's a great offense. They love throwing to the tight end. They threw it to Hooper a ton. 
that you know you have to cover. You almost have to double cover Ridley and Julio. You have to double cover Julio, and you have to you have to keep your at least an extra eye on Ridley, mm-hmm. and that leaves Hurst out there. Plus, there's been these reports that Hurst has been driving up, I think, from Jacksonville to Atlanta to throw with Matt Ryan. Yeah, the past that's three true. To four weeks. Yeah. Um, the guy's a pro. He's a he's a good consummate professional. Former first round pick. He got beat out by Mark Andrews, and there's nothing wrong with that. Andrews is a top player. Uh, I think that's one of those weird trades that worked out well for both teams. I mean, uh, I think Atlanta and Baltimore made a really good deal there, and it's good for Hurst. I, it's funny because I read, I was reading about this because I picked Hurst in a dynasty draft, uh, like third round, and uh, it sounded like the Ravens actually really liked him as a person. Like they. They were conscious of who they were trading him to on top of not being in the same division. They only play him once every four years. Right. But that they kind of wanted the best for him. And it's kind of – maybe that's just a, a, a positive thing about the Ravens organization. But I think maybe it just also speaks to the character of Hurst a little bit. I, I think that matters. Yeah, I like I like the Baltimore front office there. I, Ozzie Newsom isn't running things anymore, but this Eric DaCosta guy who worked under Newsom for many years I, I think seems to not only <clears throat> do a pretty good job of improving the Ravens, but – Looks out for the players as well. Uh, one other thing I'll bring up with Hurst, <clears throat> Austin Hooper, I don't think was an extraordinarily special talent. I agree with that. And look what he did with Atlanta last year right. with Ridley and, and uh, Jones. Hurst, I don't think is necessarily an exceptional talent either. I also agree with that. But I don't think he's much worse or even worse than Hooper. So I, I, to expect him to put up Hooper-like numbers, I don't think is that weird. And Hooper was awesome last year. He was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. Final uh, email tonight. Tom in Boston. Not sure if it's Tom Brady. Oh, he's not in Boston anymore, so it's not. What's up, Dave and Balky? If you were in a football guy's draft and were deciding between Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon, which way would you ultimately go? That is Tom in Boston. Thank you. Tom, Gordon or Fournette? Actually, I should bring up their ADPs here. I, I, they got to be going in a somewhat similar spot. Yeah, both mid-third, early to mid-third round. They're both going essentially at the 304 right now. Running back 15, running back 16. Oh, you know what? This is a stupid question, and I'm going to tell you why. The guy who's going right after him, I guarantee you, you would take over both Gordon and Fournette, and that's Todd Gurley. You're... Yeah, you're right. I would. I like Fournette better than Gordon, I think. All right, in a vacuum. <laughs> Gurley's gone. Gordon or Fournette? I would Who are you take taking? Fournette. Why Fournette over Gordon, Dave? Uh, Gordon still takes 10 with Philip Lindsay. I think the team, I think the Jaguars, I, I kind of like them a little bit better offensively. I think Fournette is a better talent. Than the Broncos? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I think, I actually like the Jaguars. I think they would be all right. This okay. Year. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. The, the Broncos, Minshew leading the Jaguars versus Drew Locke leading the Broncos. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you should be astonished. <laughs> that I don't think Drew Locke is all that great. I got to put uh, put on my mittens for this hot take here. Well, I don't think it's all that hot of a take. <laughs> right. It's the Jaguars. Okay. I mean, the Jaguars. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to give it to Fournette. They, Fournette is a he's a I don't know he's a badass football player. Right. Melvin Gordon is a little bit of a panty waste in in, 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 in that <laughs> regard. He's you know 210 pounds. He's not quite. He's not as rocked up as Fournette. I th- I just think Fournette's a better back. Okay. And Fournette's playing for a contract, right? Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, there's, there's still potentially that they could cut him. I don't think they're going to anymore. Um, who's the best re- – combine the Broncos and uh, Jaguars teams. Who's the best receiver in that pool? Is it Sutton? Is it Chark? Talent-wise? Yeah, talent-wise. Talent-wise. Talent talent is it is Sutton – I guess it comes down to is Sutton better than Chark for you? I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, you could, I guess, maybe Judy's better than all of them. You know? uh, that's a, another good point. Um, I guess the the argument, not that I'm, no, go ahead. I mean, you can not that I'm jumping over to your side on this because I don't think I am yet. Um, Denver has a lot of rookies. Denver has a lot of young players, um, like Hamler, Okawabababum, and uh, Judy. Jaguars have Chark. They have Westbrook. They have Fournette. Younger players, but they've already played in the NFL. Um, they don't have to make this leap virtually like a lot of these other Denver guys do. Um, Gardner Minshew actually has a larger sample size of performance than Drew Locke does. So I think there's something to be said for that as well. Um, and the Jaguars spent money on um, offensive rookie talent. They drafted that Chenault guy who actually – Chenault, yep, that's a good point. Chenault's yeah. actually about the same size as Fournette. Think about that for a minute. They have they're, a, both, they're both about six foot two twenty seven, right in that same range. Yeah. So it's just crazy that one is like a, is, is this wide receiver 
And uh, another one's like our you know, well, bruising running back. Chenault does play receiver. I mean, a lot of the pundits out there have said that Chenault plays wide receiver like a running back. And then he's, I think he has gotten carries in the past. He year, has. So, yeah. He has indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to – this is gonna be something for me to chew on now. You, you gave me <laughs> some food for I mean, thought I mean, here. Whatever. I don't know. I have not – I, mean, I didn't even consider this a discussion. And now the stuff you brought up here, I, I think that's, it's worth discussing. Broncos v. Jaguars. We're going to leave you with that this, uh, this week, folks, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I want to thank Andrew Geller for popping on. Six left for the midnight. Six left in the midnight. Yours truly is commissioning that. Starts in 50 minutes. Make it happen, people. Uh, follow Andrew on Twitter at V underscore Guilds with a Z. Dave Gerzak, I want to thank him. The FFPC, Rob Rice. And, of course, each and every one of you for tuning in tonight and listening. We are once again live next week, 10-9 Central. Run to Daylight podcast host and 2020 Pros versus Joe's pro Todd Burroughs is actually going to be our guest next week. We're going to talk a little bit about if you've uh, listened to this podcast and you've drafted a bunch of best balls and, and classics and you're looking to step up to the football guys, Todd has a lot of interesting strategy stuff for you uh, to consider. So that is going to be our topic next week. Check out the FTC Early Bird, the Best Ball Slims, Dynasty Startups, and the main event. Stay at home. Stay safe. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, because I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates, and I'm MVP. If rap was the game, I'll be MVP. The most valuable is on the MIC. Hey, yo, if rap was the game, I'll be MVP. The most valuable is on the MIC. Hey, so when I said to you, oh, I know for sure you're taking girly over these uh, these two, it was Gurley versus Fournette. You had to think about, right? And and it's still you would still lean towards Gurley. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I haven't. Um, yeah, I think so. I am waiting for what happens when they can actually get Gurley down there. What if he fails his physical? Well, then it's, you know, it's totally well. No, I'm just like not not. Then, just, I, then I was wrong. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not talking about what you just said. But then all of a sudden, did they sign Devontae Freeman? And and does Gurley go out, or do they re, you know reduce his? De- I don't know what's going to happen. It's it's going to be fascinating. I hope how that doesn't happen. How do you, how do you not, sign a guy without giving him a physical? How, how can you not do a physical now? I mean, well, they should be able to how now. How hard is it? You know, drop your drawers. You know, cough. You know, probe whatever you get a probe. It's like, come on, <laughs> give me a break. Do you get a probe in a physical? Yeah, colonoscopy. You don't get a colonoscopy for a physical <laughs> when you're. Well, how old's Gurley? Like twenty five. He's not fifty. Yeah, he his knees are like they're fifty though. Well, maybe that's maybe that's the rubric, like. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Gurley, uh, we know you're only 25. You have the needs of a 50-year-old. I think they give him like a, they think they give him a pretty full, uh, a pretty full workover, I guess. So I'm sure they don't give him a colonoscopy. Let's get Sharkandrick West back on this show, and we'll talk to him about his physical he had to take with the Chiefs. Hey, you know, you can, they, can, they do executive, they do like executive, like full day, two day, three day things at like the Mayo Clinic if you want to get like the presidential level type. Of <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, My neighbor got like he was telling me about it. Really? I'm like, how much was it? He's like. Oh, my company paid for it. I'm like, you a-hole. <laughs> Ron Laflamme, the uh, lawyer from Silicon Valley, was getting uh, – uh, uh, did he get a – he didn't get a colonoscopy. <laughs> I think he got one of – what do you call it when it's a flush? Oh, yeah. Uh, like an enema or yeah, whatever? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah. A and, coffee, those Silicon guys, they do like the, coffee The coffee enema, enema. yeah. yeah. He's I like, he was on that. the phone with Richard Hendricks. He's like, I got to go with my enema guys here. And he starts <laughs> taking his pants off at his desk. That's so funny. All right. Leave it with that image, ladies what and gentlemen. What a great show. <laughs> Talk to you next week. <laughs>